we know that it's constantly evolving, right? So Instagram Reels, Facebook Watch, these all have added some kind of new surfaces to traditional timeline scrolling, let's say, making video content an absolute must. You're listening to the Meta Business Innovation and Technology Podcast, conversations with industry leaders on new trends and products that can grow your business. Today, host Christine Liu sits down with Christina Maranucci, the global head of Shopper Excellence, Insights and Analytics at Mondelez, and Anna Golubovic, Senior Insights Manager at IC. Together, they discuss the value of performance-based marketing and how Mondelez uses meta solutions to achieve the best consumer-centric approach. Hi, everyone. Welcome to our podcast. My name is Christine Liu. I'm a business engineering manager at Meta. I'm joined today by Christina from Mondelez and Anna from IC. Maybe Christina, Anna, I'd love to have you guys intro a little bit about yourself, your role, what you do. Anna, let me pass it over to you first. Hi, I'm Anna. I'm truly very excited to be here today. My background is that I've been a very long-term relationship with IC for the past seven years. IC is one of the fastest growing behavioral research agencies. And I started out as an insights behavioral manager delving deep into the mysterious world of advertising. I really enjoyed it and I related to my work as a true detective, piecing together the clues to crack the code of what makes people tick. Currently, as I see is working with half of the top 30% of CPG companies and key media players, I'm navigating the rapidly changing waters of media and social media landscapes. So all in all, very happy to be here today and share some of our insights in the topic. Welcome. We're so glad to have you. And obviously, I'm the CPG world. We got Christina from Mondelez. Maybe I'll give you a minute to tell us about yourself. Yes. First, thank you so much for having me here with you. I currently lead Global Shopper Excellence for Mondelez. I've been with the organization a bit over two years. And my goal at Mondelez is really to drive that holistic view of omni-shopper behavior and revenue growth management capabilities. And Mondelez were hyper-focused on elevating the role of the shopper across the commercial organization and really positioning us to be a best-in-class shopper organization. To this, I was at J&J Consumer for about six years, leading e-commerce insights and analytics across Omnichannel, DTC, and PurePlay. So super excited today to chat with you and talk to Anna, who I've been working with in various capacities over the last few years as well. Awesome. I love the data-driven approach you both have. Christina, since we're going to dive into some of the issues on the CPG side, maybe I'll pass it over to you first. And if you can tell us a little bit of just top of mind, some of the issues that CPGs are experiencing in the online marketing landscape to kick us off. Yeah, absolutely. So we've seen seismic shifts in shopping behavior over the last few years that have created this lasting impact and will forever change what we used to know as that linear path to purchase and shopping behavior in general. We know that about eight in 10 global consumers say they expect to be able to buy our products and snacks whenever they want, whenever they want. And over seven in 10 say they expect to be able to use any channel they want to do that. Consumers are experimenting now with all different types of channels to buy like delivery apps, retailer websites, social media, direct-to-consumer websites, et cetera. So there's definitely more emphasis on our ability as CPG organizations to disrupt that shopper journey because they're being bombarded with messages, right? And they're engaging across multiple platforms. So 
you know, the majority of CPG sales are still happening in store, right? But we know that anywhere between 70, 90% of all sales, no matter where they happen, are influenced by digital in one way or another. So we really need to ensure that we're meeting our shoppers and consumers on their terms. And you know, honing into Mondelez, our biggest opportunity is driving those unplanned or impulse purchases. So we know that our products are not high engagement categories like electronics or beauty, healthcare. Consumers aren't seeking out information on a daily basis or content about our categories. They're part of that routine, highly planned stock up trip versus those discovery missions. And, you know, we know online grocery shopping is even more heavily planned and generally a repeat purchase. Shoppers are loyal to brands, they're less impulsive, and they require more product interactions. So three to four touch points online versus about one to two in store to actually convert them. So for us, the challenge is really how do we drive impulse and unplanned purchases online and get our shoppers and consumers to engage with our brands, right? It's certainly more difficult and create some specific challenges online. We don't have those same sensory stimulations like you are used to leveraging in store. So we really need to find similar opportunities online to disrupt and connect with our shoppers and consumers and remind them of those different snacking occasions to build the basket. So I think for many CPG organizations, the focus needs to be less product-based and more lifestyle and occasion-based messaging and creating our brands in a very simple, fun, engaging and authentic way to really spark maybe inspiration through new recipe ideas, product bundling opportunities, gifting opportunities, et cetera. I love that. A lot of great insights in there, Christina. I think I'm also one of those that has really shifted towards just, you know, ordering everything, whether it is restaurant food or my groceries online. So definitely added to that complexity that you're highlighting here. Maybe I'll turn it over to you and just based on the challenges that Christina raised and the experiences with the issues since you guys have worked together, can you tell us a little bit about some of the meta tools that partners can use to solve those issues? Yeah, sure. So as Christina mentioned, especially when we turn into a social media aspect, we know that it's constantly evolving, right? So Instagram Reels, Facebook Watch, these all have added some kind of new surfaces to traditional timeline scrolling, let's say, making video content an absolute must. So what we know now is that the competition of viewers' attention is quite fierce. Brands need to prioritize video content to stand out in these cluttered environments. So the beauty of the new surfaces is not only the endless loop feature, which is allowing actually viewers to get hooked on the content for longer. But what we know is that's where brands really do shine. And that's where they showcase their products in action, actually. So through unpolished, humorous, off-the-cuff videos, those sort of things. So user-generated content is also exploding, giving viewers a completely new way to interact with products. What we learned from our internal social media studies. So in our approach, we do recreate feeds. And just recently, we also launched Instagram Reels environment for testing. We do have all tools and the supporting tech to pre-test all contexts that are present in the real social media feeds. And what our internal studies show is that the traditional timelines are more reserved for kind of conventional advertising. So like communicating the brand's main message, sharing some news and updates, launching new products as well. But on the other hand, we have Reels and Facebook Watch, which are reserved actually for bonding with the brand. So 
types of videos such as tutorials, product demonstrations, behind the scenes glimpses, spontaneous videos. This is where the creativity aspect and authenticity aspect is truly shining. Sparking joy and building authentic connections with viewers is something that brands are now opening up with this new type of content. So I would say that we should embrace the new world of social media, take advantage of unique opportunities that video content does provide. And the first step is to get to these doors is getting the know-how. So how using each touch point in social media and optimizing it for success. I love that. And I also love the call out for Facebook Watch and for Reels here too, because and I love the surface as it relates to the challenges that Christina mentioned too, because the video element allows you to be a lot more interactive and engaging, entertaining. It also allows you, I feel like, to connect with the shopper, with the person as well in different ways, rather than necessarily, as you were saying, Christina, like focusing on the product and showcasing the product itself. So Christina, you talked about building baskets in this online shopping environment and some of the challenges here. And of course, that most purchases are still happening in stores. So can you talk a little bit to Mondelez's marketing approach across different channels? So we take that connected commerce approach to drive engagement and loyalties. You know, we talked up front, there's so many digital touch points in the shopper journey now more than ever before. And we want to activate using those relevant tools that are available from that media ocean. So social and digital platforms. Our focus is really on omnichannel marketing, which is building upon those interactions in other channels or all channels in order to advance that shopper journey at any touch point. Our aim is to create a consistent customer experience for those people who are aware of and are engaging with our brand. So on social media, the aim is often to get more followers, comments, likes, shares on your social media posts and pages. And you know these metrics do show more people and how more people are engaging with your brand. But with an omni-channel strategy, we're really building on those quantity-based metrics to focus more on ensuring customers can effortlessly jump from our social media content like a Facebook ad or a reel to the corresponding product page and providing that improved and seamless customer experience. We actually leverage a proprietary sales funnel approach called 5S. It's about C-scan, spat, show interest and select. So moving through the funnel, but being a more unplanned, indulging category, snacking, our biggest opportunity is to increase C. Visibility is key. Elevating the role of our categories and brands to meet shoppers and consumers where they are. Like we said, they're often not top of mind. They're not sought after daily. They're not researching them daily. So we need to do this by understanding those occasions, behaviors, tapping into their personal preferences. We're not going to assume they're going to come to us and you know directly land on our brand pages or our websites, but rather show up where they choose to engage in, in different social platforms through those targeted contextual ads like recipe content or reminders of snacking occasions that are going to be tied to local sporting events, holidays, lifestyle routines, etc. And that way we can be more contextual, we can be more authentic, as you mentioned, and we can really provide them the experience they're looking for that they are already engaging with and then add our brands to that conversation. Anna, I know that some of the research that you've done that your company has done for clients such as Monolise, has 
examples in there about the effectiveness of Meta Platform to help consumers kind of comfortably purchase online. Can you share a couple of stories or examples here? Yeah, definitely. So as we know, shopping online has become the norm for many consumers and especially during the pandemic. And with so many options available, we do raise a question is how do consumers choose where to shop and what to buy as well? So that's where social media giants like Instagram and Facebook come in with their own solutions. So what we know is that these platforms evolved from beyond just connecting with friends and family, but are powerful marketing tools as well for businesses. So by leveraging the vast user base these platforms have and also data-driven algorithms, we see that with offers and product recommendations, targeted ads as well, and even in-app shopping options, those are all useful tools for brands such as Mondelez to be present online. For example, what we know is that Instagram's shop features is allowing businesses to create a virtual storefront within the app, which makes it complete with product catalogs, pricing, the ability to purchase directly within the app without having to leave the platform. That's something that we know that, for instance, 70% of Instagram users are searching for a brand within the application. So by making the purchase process seamless, Instagram has made it easier for consumers to shop online and has helped businesses increase their sales, as well as Facebook. So Facebook has a similar feature of Facebook shops, which allows businesses to create a custom storefront and manage orders within the platform as well. Of course, I need to emphasize the mentioning of the presence of the influencers as well as user-generated content that have become increasingly influential in shaping touch purchase behavior on social media platforms, not only by creating awareness. So people may have not heard about products and they want to learn from the people that they follow closely. So they're sharing their experiences, showcasing products in a relatable way. And it can introduce people to new brands and products, as well as building trust. So we've seen that influencers are positioned as experts in their niche. So their followers do trust their opinions and recommendations. And by promoting a product or service, influencers can actually help build trust with their supporters and encourage them to make a purchase. And it's all in all providing a kind of a social proof for them. So when people see that others are using and enjoying a similar product, they're more likely to trust that it will meet their own needs. And so overall, influencers, user-generated content are also playing a significant role in shaping kind of purchase behavior on social media platforms. And with Instagrams and Facebook shops, which are not only now places for online shopping, but they're making it more convenient for consumers. They're also providing, on the other hand, businesses with powerful tools to reach new audiences and boost sales. So I believe that with the continued growth of e-commerce and social commerce specifically, and by providing a seamless shopping experience, it's clear that social media platforms will continue to play even an increasingly important role in the future of online shopping. Uh, there's so much to kind of unpack there. I want to go back to something that you said at the beginning about Meta's products used to connect people together. And it reminds me of something that Cheryl Sandberg used to tell us, which is kind of a reminder that the products that we build are not just for people-to-people connection, like your friends and your family, but also for businesses to connect with people. And I love the, you know, as we evolve in this world and the influencer landscape is opening up, it's also this like, multi-way connection. 
between, you know, people and influencers and businesses and friends and family and kind of everything in here. The Influence Network has been super interesting for us as well. I just wanted to touch on that topic because I think one of the things we've seen is when we have creator recommendations on top of whatever the brand product is, it'll actually drive higher consideration, specifically when these are some of the smaller influencers, right? Because we found that users tend to trust them more, that, hey, they're being authentic about the product that they like. That plus the format that we have with Reels now just really makes it all that much more like engaging and in-depth, right? Because with the video format, you can now see these influencers taste testing a product or, you know, using something in real life. And especially, for example, if I think about like beauty brands and trying on foundation, that's been a really successful area where you can see like, actually, does this color like match somebody who looks like me? You know, as an example. I want to call out one other thing, which I found super interesting is for a lot of brands that are trying to reach some of the younger generation. So let's call in this case, like a Gen Z the combination of the influencers, the Reels format, I feel like has really resonated with that group. And on our surfaces, we see that that particular Gen Z audience were able to reach them 2x as much on Reels than on our other surfaces. So I feel like all of these kind of factors have come together just to make that super powerful. From a CPG perspective, we obviously do a ton of research to understand barriers to purchase and barriers to engage online. And lead trust is very high up there in terms of sharing their information, right? Like putting, buying anything online and then believability of it. And you touched on many of those aspects as we think of where to activate. We just had our first metaverse activation with the Oreoverse. We looked at those different platforms available to us and felt that it was very important that we went to a safe space and a brand that our consumers and shoppers trusted to engage in that way, which is, you know, a new dimension for consumers and shoppers to engage with our brands in general. So that's why we chose Meta as our first kind of testing ground there and an opportunity to understand that space better along with our consumers. I think the micro-influencers that you mentioned too, that's how we create authenticity, right? Because if Kim Kardashian is talking about eating Oreos, you may not believe that. <laughs> but if a local baker is reposting our content with permission, and talking about how to take our brands and find new ways and, you know, original, unique ideas of how to mix them with other products and food. That is believable, right? And you can start to, to gather more user-generated content to repost and reshare within our ecosystem as well. I love that. I'm sure we're honored to be a part of the Oreo first activation here. I love examples and insights you guys shared especially leveraging some of the data-driven techniques that both of your companies bake into this process. I would love to understand a little bit how you take these learnings from the, one, the data that you have and the insights based off the back of those campaigns and just bake that into future strategy. So what we offer to our FMCG clients, including Mondelez, is the know-how, and we help them pre-plan their campaigns before even launching live by providing them with the supporting data of the campaign's potential for long-term planning. So let's say Mondelez has a business question how to best leverage their paid media efforts, and they want to test different kind of creative executions on the platforms. Additionally, they want to test, for instance, user-generated content versus branded content and quantify the impact of each of those 
before even launching on social media feeds. Now, meta tools such as Facebook and Instagram do have their own mechanisms, and we provide our clients with insights and recommendations how to optimize campaigns to get the most out of it. So no matter if it's the question about ads attention, so we know that on average, people spend less than two seconds watching the ad, and we want to support our clients how to optimize the content so they're a positive exception to the rule. So the focus is also on retention. So when do they skip the advertisement? What are their drop points and what keeps them engaged? What scenes are the most intriguing for a viewer? And speaking of engagement, we also bring to the table the crucial factor when it comes to keeping the viewers engaged is the emotions that content provokes. So are they happy watching it? Keeping in mind that emotions do play a major role when it comes to building memories and also brand recall. So, and finally, and it's all additionally quantified with the sales. So we want to learn about what's after viewing a certain advertisement or a content piece, what's their call to action? What kind of impact does the brand have and what the ad is, what kind of image it is supporting the users with? So all in all, we are answering the following research questions. So is the ad visible first off? Would the ad viewers like the content that they're seeing? Would they share it? And finally, would they purchase the advertised product? So that's how we build our questions, our KPIs that we communicate with the clients and help them leverage and position themselves on different surfaces. 100% aligned with what Anna mentioned. In terms of pre-planning, we use a very simple design engagement framework. It's called three C's. So capture, are we commanding attention? Do we catch their eye? Are we inviting? Connect, do we clearly convey that message? Are we telling a clear compelling story why they should engage. So what are we trying to do? Are we informing? Are we building brand love? Are we trying to convert, drive incremental purchases, et cetera? Are we connecting in those right ways? And then finally convince. As Anna said, are we closing the sale? Are we leveraging powerful claims and messages to drive to a very clear call to action? So for us, partnering with companies like IC allows us to do testing in a safe environment at times, but also to really get to that derived behavior. We know that's often very different than claimed. So what someone says is not often what they do. So measuring those things like capture, connect, and convince, we want to see that in context. We want to see that live and be able to infer what's leading or preventing those interactions and those conversions and then iterate and optimize using those measurable KPIs once it's actually live. I love the Capture, Connect, Convince framework here. It aligns just so easy to kind of understand and aligns really well with what Anna mentioned that the IC platform can provide for you. Let us close out a little bit by looking ahead. So if you were to look out for towards the future, let's talk a little bit about some trends you see potentially dominating the future of the online market. So as the pandemic-induced online shopping is slowing down, we see that shoppers do return to brick-and-mortar stores for a cheaper and more convenient experience. But despite this, e-commerce is still on the rise. So what we know is that online strategies are no longer a nice-to-have, but are non-negotiable for both manufacturer and retail growth. So what we know is that there are several factors that impact the final basket size and its content. So ease of use of digital channels is an important one, as well as shipping and payment options. 
individual product information, advertising, pricing points as well. But what we know from our studies is that one of the leading factors driving online consumer purchasing decision making is the price, but also the speed of delivery. So loyalty cards, specialty discounts, products in stock generally have some impact, but free delivery is deemed to be the most vital driver across regions and categories. So even the shipping cost information is constantly influencing shopper decisions. So every online store has unique qualities to determine the final cart. To optimize them, it's crucial to test the entire scope of the online path to purchase. Now, behavioral e-commerce testing can uncover barriers a shopper may be facing, and we want to learn how to streamline the online journey by mapping the hidden opportunities that encourage impulse decisions, such as adding a buy or add to cart button on the product listing page, for instance, so that the online journey can be improved. So if a shopper decides to buy something on a whim and the buying process is anything but seamless, they're less likely to go through with the purchase. So it's important to utilize behavioral e-commerce testing, as well as to uncover any barriers that may hinder the buying process. Now, as consumer behavior continues to shift and becomes more unpredictable, I believe it's necessary to test in real but controlled digital shopping environments and e-commerce websites as well. And by mapping out the entire online path to purchase, businesses can actually meet the transforming online consumer needs. And that's something that we help our clients with. So I think the future of the online market is bright, right? There's so many new and expanded opportunities that offer CPG and companies wide to connect with shoppers and consumers, but certainly challenging to unlock the full potential of those opportunities. I think you'll continue to see this expansion of retail media, more investment there, but also more measurement available and optimization we'll see that these platforms are integrating even more so and we can create better seamless integrated experiences connecting both online to offline, new digital enhanced experiences is what we're calling them. I think Web3 technologies will play a massive role like QR codes, AR, VR, AI, and those will aid in creating those immersive experiences and really hyper-personalized activations by you know, down to day part, occasion, personal preferences, et cetera. That's really exciting for companies like us to create those one-to-one interactions with our shoppers and really build relevant interactions that we can leverage to build the basket and fulfill more of those snacking needs and occasions. Ultimately, we're building to those elevated shopping experiences, right? Leveraging technologies to personalize I think something we touched on earlier, like last milers, they're going to continue to play a big role, not just in meal delivery and fill-in trips, but grocery delivery across all shopper missions. So I think, yeah, it's a really exciting time to, to be here and be innovating. And as Anna said, it's about understanding and asking questions and testing in those safe environments so that we really can be ahead and plan for those evolving behaviors and shopper trends. That's amazing. Thank you guys so much. It's just so insightful just to hear about like how complex this journey is. Multi-channel that you all have to manage between everything is evolving very quickly. And just even as Ana, you mentioned, the consumer behavior is evolving quickly and even nuances like the delivery price. I love that insight as a driver here. And 
I think particularly the approach that both of you have about moving this forward with a data-driven kind of approach, testing, learning, and then baking it back into the frameworks, it brings that complexity down a little bit into something that is manageable and it gives you better ability to make sense of all the things that are going on here. So I just wanted to close out and thank you both again, Christina and Anna, for your time and for joining us on the podcast. Thank you for having us. Thank you so much. We hope you enjoyed this episode, and we'd like to thank Christine Liu for hosting this conversation. And a special thank you to our guests, Christina and Anna, for sharing these valuable insights and their time with us. You can find links to any resources mentioned in today's show notes. And if you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe and leave a five-star review. Thank you for listening to the Meta Business Innovation and Technology Podcast. Mm-hmm.